very eventful final day of football. What better way to jump back into Berkshire County action than listening to the Mendel and the Mike podcast. Welcome in. On today's show, we are going to talk Super Bowl and we are going to talk Berkshire County athletics. Before that, I got to ask my co-host, my sports editor, Mike, how you doing today, man? I'm feeling pretty good. It's not as good of a day as it used to be after Tom Brady would win a Super Bowl for the Patriots. <laughs> um, those days were always like... Well, I mean, it was, what was he? So he was six and three in Super yes. Bowls with the Patriots. So those are like the three losses that next day. Some of the worst days of my life, I, I will say. <laughs> um, one of them, I, I distinctly remember being at college in New York. Uh, and the, I think it was probably the first, yeah, it was the first one. I think 07, 08, uh, which was like the undefeated season thing and losing to all of a sudden everyone at my college was, uh, were Giants fans. Nice. And yeah, that, that next day, kind of wandering campus, miserable. <laughs> was was one of the worst days of my life and the other ones are pretty bad too but those days after our wins are uh they're, they're kind of light lighter than air you know oh, i don't know i 100 percent don't <laughs> know i've never seen my football team win um <laughs> but i have to say i wish it was a little more exciting in terms of the game i mean the the yeah Tampa bay bucks they had a plan they went out there and executed i mean i didn't see mike evans do anything crazy same with chris godwin it was it was the robert gromkowski show and i you know i said it before the game and i and i wish i kind of put my uh, money where my mouth was but i mean 43 year old tom brady uh robert gromkowski that's came out of retirement i mean it's ridiculous the fact that these are the guys beating up uh, the defending super bowl champs is uh, a little unexpected to say the least when I saw 87 tech catch the first touchdown pass, I, I did, I'll be honest. I leapt out of my, off my couch mm-hmm. uh, for the first time in days and was like, oh, yes, Gronk. Uh, and then again, it's, yeah, it was, it was enough to, to make me smile widely. I was also wearing a Gronk shirt, so um, <laughs> I had a little bit of a extra incentive there and other, other, re- other incentives were involved in, uh, in Tampa Bay winning as well <laughs> for, the yeah. old, uh, for the future college fund of my unborn child. <laughs> uh, but, but going back to, to the game for a second, I thought the, the yeah, Chiefs kind of game plan was, was a little weird because for a team that had so many injuries on the offensive line, I read a statistic that I, it was like 98% of dropbacks for Patrick Mahomes. Um, they only had five men in the block. They didn't add any, you know, tight ends, any running backs. And, and that allowed that Bucks defense to really run wild, whether it was Jason Pierre-Paul and Donovan yeah. Sue's on the defense. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't really know. Well, obviously their, their offensive line was a, a big talking point uh, before I will shameless plug here. The, the Berkshire Eagle, uh, if you picked up the <laughs> weekender and read Howard Herman's story on, uh, he reached out to a bunch of local coaches uh, the first one listed there, uh, Gary Campbell Jr. up at Wakona. Um, maybe you've heard of him, quite a successful high school football coach. Uh, I believe said something along the lines of, uh, I'm not going to quote him verbatim here, but uh, obviously Tampa Bay is going to win because uh, the offensive line of the Chiefs is kind of decimated. And the, I believe this is the direct quote. <laughs> the Bucks are going to be the first team to put Mahomes on the ground. And That, that was the that. case? <laughs> they did it- that. So very, uh, Prescient, prescient, prescient of, uh, of Coach Campbell, I think. <laughs> it, it was a situation where nothing could go right for the Chiefs. I mean, the receivers, some of the best guys in the world, whether it's Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, the, the guys who carried this offense a lot of the time, they were dropping balls. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had the turf toe. Like I said, the offensive line. I, I, a buddy of mine told me a stat. I don't know how real this is, but Patrick Mahomes scrambled for – 400 yards oh, just kind of running something like that that, yeah, that is mind-boggling defense. can you i you can't win like that and, and yeah. you know you think about what was it desperate late i think uh fourth quarter some of the he'd run you know 15 yards back 
Right. Uh, you know, the play started at the 10. He's throwing from the 30. Um, mm-hmm. And then too, uh, I don't know what they're, so if they, you mentioned that, you know, didn't have a tight end and help, help blocking there. I mean, their star tight end is, is not much of a blocker, I guess. I, I, he, I he can do enough. I mean, he's, um, he's but, a very well-rounded, obviously you want him out there catching passes. Like that, right. that's so not is that. Is that an issue with, I don't know what their, what their secondary tight end situation is. If that person could, could have helped in that situation. Cause on the, on the flip side, I think, I mean, Romo and Nance pointed out a handful of times that Gronk was, they were running, you know, specifically behind Gronkowski um, yep. on the edge. Um, so his blocking obviously was a factor. I, I think Kelsey is a good enough blocker. And, and uh, something that kind of blows my mind is, is the Chiefs spent their first round pick last year on a running back, Clyde Edwards Elayer. I mean, yeah. and I was looking at prop Super Bowl prop bets are some of the funnest things to kind of dive into to get an idea of what Vegas is thinking. Shout out to my wife, picked Blue Gatorade out of the blue. Was that, was that? A, quite literally, I didn't even do that. But yes, was it right? Blue. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> plus four hundred. I, we, yes! I put five bucks on it. One twenty-five bucks. That is beautiful. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was her for, one prop. For Clyde, uh, the, his over/under for rushing yards was twenty-five. I mean, how are you going to spend a first-round <laughs> pick on a running back and and have someone do absolutely nothing for you? I mean, the the passing game obviously wasn't working for a number of reasons we just listed off, and then you just wasted this first-round pick on a running back. You had Le'Veon Bell in there. I mean, you have guys who uh, can run the ball, who can be used in the offense, and and they weren't, you know, they weren't in their blocking, they weren't out there catching balls, and they weren't out there running the ball. So that's just a really big, I guess, concern you got to have for the Chiefs moving forward. Because think about those Patriot teams; they always were able to run the ball some way, or, or even James White. If they're not running the ball, you can still get your guys out in that little bit of space. You find that open part of the field. Maybe the defense has big defensive tackles, so you kind of just shift everyone out. You you make your let your guys make plays, and it seems like that running back room just wasn't involved one way or another. Yeah, it's. I think it's one of the one of the. I guess the stories of Brady's career, or one of the secrets to his success, is that he's always been willing to dump off and take whatever he's given and move the ball slowly and methodically down the field. And some of the the newer, flashier, some would argue better quarterbacks uh, sometimes get caught up in what they can do and not what they should do. Maybe that's a way to put it. You're you're 100 right. Uh, get get caught looking too far well, down. I mean, yeah, the rod the. the the leaning, oh, oh my God, look how cool this photo is of him slinging the ball while he's uh, looking like, um, I saw the comparison meme with uh, uh, Ben Stiller throwing the dodgeball in dodgeball yes. field, fully horizontal. Look how sick this picture is. They're like, it was an incomplete pass. But yep. Um, yep. not that he could have stayed. I mean, it was a lot like what the, the Giants had done to Brady in the Super Bowls. They beat them and just had no time to really do anything. And some of that, some of that running that he did backwards was was forced, obviously, by the, the Tampa front four there. As someone who isn't a Patriots fan, I guess the, the, the I, I'm feeling okay today that mm-hmm. I don't have to listen to, to just Patriot talks for, <laughs> for you know, eight months. I, I'm very sad football's uh, done for the year. I always look forward to, you know, Monday night, start of the week, you got a football game to kind of push mm-hmm. you into the week. And then there's the Thursday night football. And then you're just two days away from Sunday. It's just a very enjoyable time of year, whether it's fantasy, whether it's just watching games. But Mike, we have something to take up our time here in Berkshire County, and that's basketball, doubleheaders, everywhere we look, any day of the week, it seems like there's some sort of doubleheader. So what do you think was our most noticeable story in week one of Berkshire County basketball? And we'll kind of go from there. Um, I mean, I think you have to go with what is the still, I, I 
probably pull it down soon, but it's been the top story for uh, on the website for most of the weekend is, is Maria Gambaroni scoring the, the 1,000 points. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there's a couple in there that are, are neat stories that we've kind of gotten to gotten to cover, gotten to tell. But um, I mean, you you covered the the thing and talked to her after, so you could probably talk more about this. But I, I just remember seeing maybe it was her first game uh, four years ago, or and some something like something during that season. And I remember coming home, and I'm pretty sure in the story I wrote the word sprightly. And I just remember seeing her, and she was this tiny little girl at the time who was just kind of fearless and super fast, had a great handle, and you could just tell. I think she probably scored like 10 points, and you didn't really know who she did. One of those, one of those freshmen that, you know, is this person on the roster? Who is this? Mm-hmm. Um, one of those movements and one of those moments, and kind of to see it come to this point is is great. And I think the, the yeah, the Liz K quote that this kind of had to happen. Um, I'm, I'm very glad for her, uh, that it did get to happen because it was touch and go for a little while on the, will we have, will we have sports? Will she get a senior year? Especially, I mean, you, you end the season, um, she didn't know where she was at the end of last year. You know, you, you she was 11 points away from the thousand. So if, if, like, if there wasn't a season this year, I mean, that, that'd be a pretty tough pill to swallow. That and, you know, well, yeah. She, she wasted no time getting it. I, she had a quote to me. She said, you know, I'm just trying to have as much fun as possible. We don't know if we're going to be playing next week. You know, it all depends on the COVID-19 quote, numbers. Yeah. She, she Half a quarter is what she needed to score those 11 points. And I think it's so interesting to talk to these athletes uh, because it's something they don't think about at all until that one game where it's, you know, really possible. And then that's the only thing they have on their mind. Uh, she told me that she just wanted to get it out of the way. She was nervous about it. And you could tell, actually, I mean, a lot of the times you talk to the coaches, you talk to the players and, and they say, uh, you know, it, it just kind of happened. But you could tell she was out there taking her shots and they were, I'm not saying she was like hooking up every shot possible. I mean, I think she was no it's mostly transition stuff yeah she she was taking advantage of opportunities and and the situations presented at itself so it was kind of cool to get out of there out of the way in the first quarter uh for her i think she's kind of been on fire too 16 points that game uh 23 i think uh, against Susick valley you said 21 yep so, I mean, she's just, uh, you know, it's just one of those stories that you said, you, you know, when someone's a freshman that, hey, when they're a senior, this is a story I, I you know, I want to watch because the, you could kind of see this start to develop. Sticking with Wakona, Dustin Belcher got his 100th career win. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that, Thursday night, I think it was? Friday night? Friday night, yeah. I started to say they played four games in four nights. It yep. was one of them. Could you imagine Friday? Because I went Saturday to their next game, which they will ultimately wind up losing. Could Could you imagine being, uh, you know, stuck out of sports for so long, and then here, go go play four games all in four straight days? (laughs) It would be. It's roughly akin to sometimes I will uh, stop running for a while, and then all of a sudden I'll be like, "It's nice out." So today I went for a five mile run, and I haven't run in a while. Uh, I've been snowboarding more, and yeah, it it sucks. (laughs) <laughs> all of a sudden it's like oh wait my body has to do this again and you could tell wakona i covered them on saturday um the the legs just weren't there uh, particularly towards the end of that uh Huzik hit a couple shots in a row and really it was it was about it who's scored i think on the first six possessions of the fourth quarter and the game was over at that point mm-hmm. um, right there and i think Huzik was coming off of just their two two games or third i think it was their third game so a hell of a start, though, for yeah, for Wakona boys. They started three and zero and lost, so three and one. Huzik boys, I believe, are undefeated. Monument and Huzik, or Monument and Huzik play Tuesday. Howard's going to go there. Monument and Wakona played to a what that was that was Dustin Belcher's hundredth um, career win, I guess. 
uh, their sophomore there, Brody Calvert, scored. He had uh, hit one of two free throws with no time on the clock um, to break a high game. And, and win. So, Quinn Gallagher. Really we'll make sure to check out their next matchup. Nick Astoria and Aiden Traeger are the team's three captains. Obviously, uh, Kevin Huben, uh, thousand point scorer, graduated last year. Uh, they graduated a lot last year. Huben, O'Connor, um, a bunch of guys from, from last year's team. Um, they do a couple of those younger kids that that really stuck out to me. I mean, they got some three point shooters now. All of a sudden, uh, I don't know if they if how deep they shooters, went into their they bench. Still have size. It, it's kind of remarkable that the the size is still what the length is still what it is in that zone. When that like, Huzik had a lot of trouble. Carson Ezwar, um, even him had a lot of trouble with the Wakona zone at the start of the game when Huzik st- when Wakona still had some legs in it. And yeah, it just, it looks almost no different than it did when you had Tom O'Connor and Tom Burris and all these, you know, six foot yep. four, six foot five kids out there. Luke Hescock, um, you know, even Huben was uh, six plus. Um, it's that Dalton water. Kind of replenishing, they replenish it with these, with these kids again. And um, it, it makes, if, if we have fall two football, I'm going to assume that some of these kids, I recognize some of the last names uh, from football and Wakona football should be right there as well. I can't wait. I can't wait. Hopefully it's a little, starts to warm up a little bit. It actually hasn't been too, too bad up, but this is the podcast about the weather. Hey, you mentioned Carson Meziwar. I saw Hoosick Valley and Mount Everett. Uh, Meziwar scored 25 points in a win for Hoosick Valley. I mean, this is a new look team. They run quite a bit. They are a very up and down the court team. Um, what, what really stood out to you about them? Why were they able to defeat that uh, Wakona squad and really even without Meziwar scoring all those points? Um, so yeah, Carson, uh, was hurt, I think a fair amount of last year, especially yeah. early on. He came on, I think later in the year and he, he wore a big knee brace. Um, mm-hmm. but definitely a very competent kid, uh, on the, on the floor has a really good handle, uh, saw a lot more of his athleticism this and on Saturday than we did at all kind of last year when he was kind of lumbering a bit on, on that leg, uh, had a couple coast to coast drives for baskets. Um, but the, the change is obviously Bill Robinson's back and you can kind of tell immediately that it's, it's going to be a, a slightly different look than it had been um, over the previous, I think they had you know, three coaches the previous three years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robinson's team. I think the the buy-in factor was just something I really noticed is, is huge with them. And uh, a lot of, they took three charges in the game, all kind of came at key moments. And when you're playing a team like Wakona, that's, kind of on their kind of, you know, need some, need a break, need some rest uh, to steal possessions away like that is huge. Um, Frank Field was a surprise. I, I didn't know anything about him. Obviously freshman coming in, he's got good size. He's got a very Hoosick basketball last name. Um, I'm, I'm not <laughs> positive that he's part of that family, but that name is is big in Hoosick Valley circles. Uh, the last name there. So they have those, those kids that transferred in from McCann Tech last year. Um, Logan and uh, Jackson look pretty good. Uh, Sean Kastner, um, I want to say, didn't didn't look, maybe I was expecting a little bit too much from him, um, but I think it's a, a usage factor on him. Once he gets going, he's going to be a big factor there. He was a big factor last year for that team with Stubbs. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if anyone else really stood out um, to me. Uh, there was one other kid, I can't place his name right now, uh, Caleb Harrington. Yeah, that was it. Um, who I think knocked down a couple threes as well. So Huzik looks like they could be yeah, the best team. And we're excited to see them play the monument team, which has that freshman kid that you saw. And obviously uh, the rest of that team is, is no slouch either. They were you know, inches from uh, winning. I mean, you could have argued winning a Western Mass title last year. 
Before we uh, jump into Monument, let, let's tackle the Hughes girls real quick. Another team we both got to see. Uh, you know, this this is just the program. Uh, new head coach in Holly McGovern. Still a group that is going to find this the the ball handlers, the three point shooters. For some reason, Hoosick Valley always has them. Uh, there's a someone coming in. Her name is Lauren Davis. She played a little bit last year, and she is uh, money Excellent cross player, I believe. She uh she has the handles that that kind of translates over that kind of makes sense she can shoot the three uh Annie Canales has been shooting with her hair on fire so far this season I think uh four threes in the game I saw I think she had four gate threes in the previous game uh but we kind of expected that she's been a big part of the two championships this team has won uh so you kind of expected her to pick up that leadership role Alyssa Garabedian excuse me is starting to get more playing time uh she's got some really good handles too and it's just kind of the Hoosick Valley thing that ball movement's always going to be a big part of what they do yeah I, the game I saw they, they did lose um they got handled somewhat decently by um by Wakona and that was just kind of a uh you know my, my story was focused more on what what the past offseason meant for Wakona coming off of last year's Western Mass title game, mm-hmm. which you covered, and Wakona scored three points in the first half, and mm-hmm. uh, as the number one seed, get kind of embarrassed uh, at the cage. So coming in, obviously, this was one Wakona had circled, and they they kind of showed that um, in a big way, taking it to Huzik. Uh, but yeah, Avery McGrath is one girl you didn't mention that is a big part of that. Uh, Gabby yeah. Billets is not playing yet. Um, I believe she's working back from something, but uh, when she, when they get her back, I think it'll be a a much more uh, tight matchup with with Lucona when they when they get back together. McGrath, I think she's in her junior year. Uh, she really started to get her shine. She had to come in when Riley Robinson got hurt two years ago in their first uh, uh, state championship run. Uh, right. She had. Oh, yeah. 14 points in the uh, game I saw. I think that was what Friday night. Again, it's double headers every night, so it's really hard to kind of keep track of what you're doing. Uh, but but she's someone who is a very just smooth basketball player. I think she can do a little bit of everything in terms of cutting to the rim. She has an outside shot. She can really move the ball around if you want to put her at the top of the key. Uh, so so she's another interesting player that that again, Luzik Valley is going to have a couple of those players every few years who are just going to score a lot of points, and that's really the best way to go about that mike you want to make the transition to monument mountain you kind of know almost what to expect at this point and and randy uh us when he took over the program kind of changed it uh two three years ago now and it became uh, one of well, i think one of the premier programs in western mass um, mm-hmm. and obviously the it's gonna be a, a loss Dion brown is not there this year he's up at vermont we'll have a story on that coming this week um howard managed to uh, talk to him and the coach up there about that and best of luck to him obviously gonna get plenty of d1 offers i think coming out of this and uh but they they just kind of are probably gonna keep on rolling because it's almost a Dion brown was amazing um but the the culture and system that has been installed by coldest there now i think is something that's going to keep on churning and um monuments problem was never getting play getting talented players uh they someone almost had a trouble keeping them they were too good they wound up you know opting to go other routes to get more looks um, but it's just going to keep replenishing in that um, that feeder system, I guess. I think that you you were able to find a little bit more out about. Uh, I know you listed a couple coaches' names in, in one of your coldest quotes, but that that Hoosie Hoops program is is something else, I guess. They, they just keep churning out these kids. Uh, freshman Khalil Carlson yeah. starts at forward. In particular. Um, 
The kid who dropped 28 points. Dropped in his first home game, 28 points, 12 rebound, quick double-double. He's taller than me already. Mm-hmm. It was going up and talking to him. I I mean, he wasn't even nervous talking. He was a, a very well-spoken kid. I mean, he's going to be a problem. Mike, when you see this kid's spin move, you are going to lose your mind. He is. Uh, Randy Coldis said his, his one concern was, is he going to be physical enough as a freshman? You know, is he going to be able to walk in there and be as strong as other ones? Yes. Short answer, 100%. This kid is going to be absolutely something. Um, if you guys haven't read Connor uh, Howard's story about Connor Hanavan, I suggest doing that because, uh, again, I, I've said this multiple times, but as you know, I start to cover sports for multiple years now, I can kind of see the growth from one year to another. And Connor's someone who who's really looking different to me this year, really being vocal. So I think that yeah, is a... I mean, he spent the past couple of years as, as not just a spot-up shooter, but uh, doing a lot of spot-up shooting with, with Dion and um, would always kind of have a lot of open looks. So you, you like to see that growth, I guess, into, into something more and obviously going to have to handle the ball a lot more this year um, with Dion not being around. In my story, uh, I thought I wrote he, he was a senior, but, but is Connor a senior? No, I did. Sorry. I, well, I edited your story and Connor, I believe is a junior. Yeah. He really is vocal on the court. He's really that guy directing traffic. And, and I think I should have said the same thing about uh, Wakona's Maria Gambaroni, excuse me. Uh, mm-hmm. She's another one who is out there barking out uh, orders, directions. Uh, it's really impressive to just kind of see the growth. And it. it's a little exciting when you kind of go in and you know what to expect out of someone and then they pull more tricks out of their bag. Switching over to the Monument Mountain girls. Uh, this is a team also coached by Randy Coldis, uh, just because uh, he's someone who loves basketball. He wouldn't have it any yeah. other way. More of a reason. Another Howard the story I recommend checking out. Uh, yeah, talking to Randy about coaching both teams. Uh, they have a guard. Her name's Natalie Lewis, who can absolutely shoot the light out, lights out. Uh, the first triple of the game, uh, I saw Mount Greylock versus Monument Mountain, the Battle of the Mountains. And Abby Dahoney started the game with a three-pointer, and I thought this girl was going to go for 60 points. It was the most clean step-back three I've ever seen in my life. Uh, she took a couple other shots, and they just kind of didn't go her way. Uh, Lewis was fire, though. I mean, she could she can really run the transition well. She can hit the spot-up three-pointer. And, you know, Monument Mountain, they had a couple bad breaks for a few years, whether it was just too many seniors graduating and then being a young program then some injuries happen, but I think that you really see that trending in the right direction. You see the tools there, the pieces there for them to, you know, start making playoff runs sooner rather than later. Yeah. I don't, I don't really have anything. I, I did not, I have not seen them play um, anything like that, but yeah, so, sounds right. Sounds about right. Uh, I'll just, I'll just keep rolling. Go to Mount Greylock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been, uh, you've been to what? Three double headers four. Double yep. <laughs> so yeah, you, you got most of this. Mount Greylock, I mean, two seniors, Emma Stevens, I always thought she uh, could do a little bit of everything. She could cut into mm-hmm. the paint. She has a nice shot. Uh, she actually has an incredible court vision. She was playing. She had a little slip on the ice, has a banged up thumb. It's all wrapped up. That didn't stop her from scoring 16 points, still going into the paint. Like, and when you see Monument Mountain and Mount Greylock, these are two physical teams. They're going to try to get into the paint and they did that. And a lot of bodies at the floor, she was among them. And the fact she still got up, you know, waving off the hand and then just still and, and doing what she did is impressive. Uh, I yeah, thought it was interesting. That's something, Bolts, yeah. that's something that can bleed in from, from different sports. It's a, if you look at the soccer programs at Monument and at uh, Greylock Delaney and Emma in particular at, at Greylock are huge parts of those teams. And um, they both are 
very, very physical lacrosse players who do not uh, shy away from contact, blood, all that stuff. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. They played uh, both uh, Babcock and Stevens off the bench, which Ooh, I thought okay. was interesting. They came in like middle of the first quarter. Obviously, they played uh, more minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. I just thought it must be just you know getting that momentum going at the right time, just when the switches start. Uh, I thought that was interesting, but uh, this is a young team, and it looks like they have a handful of shooters. Um, Mike, have you gotten a chance to see the Mount Greylock boys yet? Or No, no, I have not seen them. Uh, Howard saw them once. Um, hopefully maybe this week we'll, we'll get up to see them. But I know, yeah, I know Bob Fissel is not coaching um, this season. I'm not sure if that's a, a long-term thing or just a, a COVID-related thing. <clears throat> um, and I know that Derek Paris is also not on the, on the roster this year. Again, not sure if what is uh, the reasoning behind He's that. He's doing but... uh, more baseball. More baseball. Okay. Well, that at least a... I believe so. I'm not I'm not speaking for him, but that that's what that's the rumor I've heard is is he's participating in uh, more baseball activities. Okay. Well, that's a that's a major blow. Um, and obviously Toby Phil graduated, so that takes away two of their by far top scores um, from last year. But it's a it's it's a school that pumps out athletes. Um, again, as you can tell by their from their soccer program um, to to a bunch of other of their uh, their sports teams. Um, and it sounds like they have another young up-and-comer named Jackson Powell, I want to say his name is, who, who had some big big scoring output. I believe he might be an eighth grader. Um, so a lot of opportunity there, um, but they did. They graduate and lose a lot from last year. Um, when you get into to Toby and Derek and Liam and uh, obviously Coach Thistle as well. They, they just seem like a team that's still just really trying to figure themselves out. Um what did I see here? Uh, it was it was really about two players on Mount Greylock when I was at the game, Pablo Santos and Chase Doyle, uh, two guys who can shoot, two guys that can drive. Uh, they really – it's up to them to get the offense humming. Uh, they, they have that basketball IQ to make it happen. Um, I saw their, their teammates both telling them to be aggressive at all times, and you love to see that, you know, the teammates really being uh, encouraging, encouraging to put up those shots, especially when you can make them. And, yeah, that, that's basically I, – I think – for what the season is, I, I don't think it's worst case scenario for Mount Greylock because it's it's a great opportunity just for the for a lot of these younger kids to really get an idea of what they're doing and, and figure themselves out a little bit. Yeah, it's it's kind of what the whole year is is almost going to amount to. I don't know if we're going to get some sort of championship type tournament for Berkshire County put together. I don't know if you know. It sounds like Drury might be joining slowly. Um, Pittsfield apparently has not ruled it out out um, like we maybe thought. Uh, so, so other teams might be joining it, but I even talking to Liz Kay, um, after their, their win over Huzik on Saturday was how great it is to just kind of get the, the young girl. And obviously she has some very talented seniors who it's, it's a bit of a bummer that they're, you know, that they won't get a chance to beat Huzik at the cage or something, get that level of retribution, but, mm-hmm. uh, they have some young girls and it's just kind of nice to get them in, in a little bit lower, uh, pressure environment, I guess, um, get them in, you know, you never know, you might see the reap the benefits of this down the road when fans are there and pressure filled environments return to a place like uh, the gym at who's it or at uh, Wakong. Both probably. And what, when, when does winter sports have to end by? Do you happen to know that? Oh, off the top of my head. Um, it sounded like they could go into, I know well, the issue is um, fall two is technically supposed to start on like February 22nd. Mm-hmm. But most of the things I saw for winter were that they were allowed to play until like March 5th. So I don't know if there's just going to be some overlap there. Um, in ter- I mean, who knows, again, if, if fall two starts on time. But 
Uh, it could be some overlap there, which sometimes does happen anyway in a regular year, with um, particularly with some football players if you're playing into December, mm-hmm. Gillette, things like that, and overlaps with basketball season. But uh, so it could be some overlap. But I think, yeah, I think they have at least obviously through the end of the month, I think is for sure, and then maybe even a week into March. So, oh, yes, yeah, yeah for some, some reason I was games. thinking. For some reason, I was thinking February 25th, and that, and I was starting well, to I like. You could be right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you just wonder if a school like Drury or whoever, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, do you, do you get everything going to play a week of games? I just, that that you're. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that's why I think yeah, I, you must have until uh, maybe the first week of March, but I don't know. Maybe you do. I don't know. <laughs> what do I know? You know, get, get the kids out doing something. Hundred um, percent. I'm not a parent or a coach, so. Mike, I think that's really de- – are there any teams, any games we missed on? Any any topics you want to uh, – No, I mean, skiing is is started as well. Um, if I could just mention quickly, yeah, the, the Berkshire County Alpine meet went off um, somewhat without a hitch on uh, – uh, when was that? Last Thursday, I think, because it got snowed out um, from earlier in the week. And it's it's a little bit weird. It's on the different course because Bosquet doesn't have the, the summit lift up yet. So they're racing on uh, two, two or three trails over onto Russell – which is a little funky, a little different. Um, there's no scores box or anything like that there. So a little weird, but uh, seems like the, the kids you thought were going to be up the top are at the top. And uh, Lennox is doing Alpine. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it, they had Alpine skiers on the course um, skiing for Lennox, which is I didn't know was, was going to happen because they're not participating in the Nordic League meet as far as I know. And they're definitely not mm-hmm. playing basketball right now. So I don't, I don't know how that works, but Max DeGriglioli, DeGrigli, I can't. There you go. No, you had it. That, that's yeah. it. Okay. Anyway, Max, uh, he won the, the overall meet um, last week and uh, won it fairly handily, I think. Um, Andrew King is skiing for the Bosquet Intramural League. He's a Taconic kid. Mm-hmm. Taconic and Pittsville, they're not participating in sports just yet. So Bosquet is doing this cool thing where they just said, all right, we'll have a U19 league. Um, some kids can come ski here under the Bosquet um, flag. So Andrew King, um, I think he was top five or top four in both uh, GS and slalom at the States last year. He won the uh, Bosquet league. I'm making air quotes for those. who can't see. <laughs> um, And Nordic again, going off, they had their third meet. Huzik joins the fray, which is cool. Uh, great to see them in there. Um, Justin Levesque, I believe, plays second overall behind Cole McDermott, but it does not seem like Cole McDermott or Jackie Wells are going to be touched this season in Nordic. So we'll be getting that going. Um, I don't think I'm going to go to the Alpine meet tonight. I got some other stuff I need to work on here, and I uh, just don't know if I'm going to interact with people until the child comes, which is any day now. What a what an exciting uh, yeah, time to be a swimming. Well, you're going to swimming this week. <laughs> Do some swimming this week, cover a game, and who knows? I might have a feature about someone who is rating yeah. 28 different hills that he's been sledding. 28 hills in 28 days. He's going out. He's doing all the hard work. So for those who are looking to go sledding and need, need good recommendations, this guy's got it made. So we got a feature coming on that too. And, you know, if you want quicker updates, if you're not sick of waiting for stories, be sure to follow Mike on Twitter at WalshWrites. 89 uh tweeting from games tweeting stats uh tweeting his runs he goes on that's the best place to find him <laughs> and i'm at jmetal94 thank you guys so much for listening uh if you're enjoying what you listen to smash that subscribe button and uh send us some comments what what do you guys think what do you want us to talk about uh the show's 
all about Berkshire County sports and we plan on keeping that way. So help us lead that discussion. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Football season's over. Basketball season in Berkshire County just begun. So uh, stick with us and it should be a fun time.